0: Good morning Murray, how are you? Very well, man. Did you bring a
1: boat into work this morning?
0: <laughs> a boat? No, I, I just brought a small kayak, you know, just just keep it keep <laughs> it easy in, this yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You are uh, you probably needed to get a small little boat from your, your place this morning, a little tinny. Yeah, the, the front of the manse is Lots of puddles. Asher just manning a little gondola over here yeah, yeah, for just, you. Yeah. Kids had lots of fun splashing in puddles. So yesterday. good It is like something I you know, I feel like Jesus talked about having childlike faith. But I think there's, like, a lot of, like, childlike activities that... Like, splashing in puddles.
1: When's the last time you splashed in a puddle? So I used to go running in the rain, man. It was an yeah. adult's excuse to go splashing <laughs> in puddles. I would typically go into the bush and come back, so like, just good. covered in mud. And it's like, mm, yeah yes
0: i remember the last time i got like actually muddy it was like a bucks party like quite a few years ago and it was just pelting down rain and we played ultimate frisbee in a park and just like being guys we were, like oh how do we decide teams it was like shirts versus skins <laughs> so i like, had my shirt off in the rain i was like play i had like massive long hair at the time i just felt like the most like biggest man ever i was like rah! dirty it's and muddy. muddy yeah so good something very special about it getting back to the roots yeah <laughs>
1: So it's fun at the time and then like showering and cleaning off is well it's nice being clean but I find the washing your clothes out. now that I have to wash my own clothes as a responsible adult I'm like <laughs>
0: can I get one more wear out of these <laughs> pair of jeans I reckon I reckon so uh, yes. it's definitely one of those things so like with um, breakdown of like house mm-hmm. chores how how mm-hmm. often are you doing like
1: washing in your oh, in your household pretty much every day man yeah just because the kids yeah they... Yeah, either one of them wets the bed or, yeah. or something or... Yeah, it, I just feel like every day. Yeah. And then when it's raining, because we're constantly doing, like... Yeah. Smaller. Yeah, pipes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we use it... So we use a combination of the dryer. Yes. And the dehumidifier on, like... The yeah,
0: pipes. we've got... Our dehumidifier has been absolute saving grace. And then, so we've got, like, this... See, they call it a European laundry, Ooh. which yeah, right. It that's the fancy, that's man. that's the reaction that you have, but yeah. it's actually just like a dryer and a washing machine <laughs> in a cupboard. That's that's what <laughs> that's actually true. is true. Isn't that a great way to make something which like isn't good sound, sound great? Good. You just call it European. Yeah,
1: that's like you've just triggered a memory when we're in Europe because that's yeah. how a lot of the because we did an Airbnb, just yeah, in a few apartments, yeah, yeah. And that's what they were like, just yeah. in a cupboard. To so I'm gonna start it. calling my Toyota Echo a European <laughs> car. Well. Oh. <Go> <laughs> it would fit right in man yeah, yeah, yeah. around like Rome and all those yeah. cities where there's not much parking little I mean, cars technically is... made in Asia
0: but that's okay yeah, that's <laughs> it right. sounds fancy it's... to say yeah, it, a yeah, European yeah. car <laughs> so yeah. yeah so we had a such a such a like fascinating guest the other day mm. Bob Mendelson, coming from juice yeah. for Jesus um what was your um sort oh. of assumptions preconceptions knowledge about juice for Jesus before okay. he came
1: yeah well, I'll do a shout to Bob. Apparently, he did listen to the podcast before coming. So, I don't, I don't know. Hey, Bob. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's nice, he's it's nice to have a out. listener. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he know. is. Maybe he he's is. listening in. Um, so, I'd, I had a, a pretty good friend of mine who I used to work for. He used to work for. He used to work with in, when I was a lifeguard. And he uh, joined Juice for Jesus. So, yeah. I knew a bit about through Jesse. And so, and they'd gone to, like, some of the team would go to Reach Out. And some actually came to SNBC, I think. So, okay. but what I knew was that there ministry was around showing jews that jesus is the messiah yeah and so that was their focus was uh, kind of based off that romans nine eleven, where paul talks about you know not all israel is israel but like god's hearts ultimately for jews to be saved and sure yeah Romans says that it's to the jew first then the greek yeah so yeah, yeah their heart is to Create messianic Jewish communities. So Mm. that's how I'd always known Jews for Jesus. And growing up, there was a guy at Mum and Dad's church. I don't know if it was Jews for Jesus, but he had a big heart for Jewish ministry. He'd always Mm. pray sort of to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and use like Jewish phrases and expressions during prayer. So yeah. Big spoiler. Look, I guess even my last name, Levingston Yeah. Tribe of Levi, mate. Like yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. A, there's a connection there. Here, I so. thought
0: that was like a, a British sort of last name. But you got some ties <laughs> yeah, to the tribe a, of Levi.
1: Yeah. yeah, my dad did some research. Apparently, there's a bit yeah. of Jewishness in there. You're gonna know. come out on
0: with the ephod this, <laughs> this weekend.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> look, it's. Uh, to claim I'm Jewish is, you know, it's a bit of a long stretch. I feel pretty Aussie, mate. But, um, right. Yeah, I think I think if you go back far enough, we're all related to someone. There's probably, yeah. like we're all sons of Adam. We are. That's true. Yes, we okay. back to the same set of parents. But, yeah. yeah.
0: So that's like an interesting thing that we bring up in that. So you're kind of saying, you know, there is some for you, um, traceable connection yeah, yeah. To, to to Judaism yeah. in a in a bloodline. Yeah. Um, what, what does the Bible actually teach as far as, you know, are we, as we give our lives to Christ, part of that nation of Israel in some way? I know that there'd definitely be some Hasidic Ooh. Jews who would shudder at the idea yes. of that and say, no, no <laughs> your mother was not Jewish. You are not a Jew, essentially. But yeah, what is,
1: you know, what, what what's your take on that as you read the New Testament? Yeah, So it's interesting. Jesus, he gets 12 disciples sure. he calls them and it seems to be pretty clear, he's symbolizing the new twelve tribes yeah. in Israel. And even the, um when it caused a little bit of a translation discrepancy, sometimes seventy, sometimes seventy-two. Sure. That that's a different issue. Textual criticism issue, but sure. even that it seems to be alluding to Jacob's family when he goes to Egypt. He yeah. says seventy or seventy two of them that go down. Sure. And seventy represented the number of nations in Genesis ten. Yeah so the table of nations was 70 and so it's even that like Jesus seems to be in his ministry implying I'm bringing a new covenant and here's some kind of numbers of people I've called which represent new Israel new humanity new world yeah
0: I know I was just reading um, a bit of John the other day, like in Greek, and like John so often refers to them as the 12, like mm. the dodeca. There's yeah, like this he's is, just he's just constantly reiterating this idea. That mm. It's like, there are 12 of them. Just in case you forgot, there's 12 of yeah. them. Like Jesus is reuniting the 12 tribes kind yeah. of thing in this action. Which because is at of...
1: that point, the, um, well, the Samaritans, they were half Israelite. Because mm. in Second Kings, I can't remember which chapter, but when um, the Syrians come in and wipe out, the 10 tribes of Israel, they just ceased to exist. Mm. And then the, the, some, the Assyrians as they did when they conquered nations would bring other nations to live there. And then they try to worship Yahweh and get eaten by like lions. It's all yeah, really yeah, like yeah. really quite interesting sort of stuff. Yeah. And then they bring in some Israelites to try to appease Yahweh because they just think he's another God. And that's kind of all started. Like that's the quick history of the Samaritans. That's why the Jews hated the Samaritans. Yeah, they were yeah, like yeah. the half caste. sure, And they yeah. had their own, Pentateuch, Torah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimate insult. You're a, you're a demon possessed and a Samaritan. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love so. they, keep, they keep Samaritan for the
0: end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the real punch <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Not just demon possessed. are a Samaritan. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So, yeah. and but Jesus has come to change that. And, and Jeremiah spoke in Jeremiah 31 about there being a new covenant. Mm. But yeah, ultimately, I've got that. I got a passage here. It's quite famous from. Galatians chapter three, and I'll read a little bit out. It. it comes from. Um, we'll read here from verse sixteen. So Galatians three sixteen says, "The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seeds." Scripture does not say "and to seeds," meaning many people, but "and to your seed," meaning one person who is Christ. And what I mean in this is the law introduced four hundred thirty years later does not satisfy the covenant previously established by God, and thus and thus do away with the promise for the inheritance depends on law and That's no longer depends on the promise but God in his grace gave it to Abraham through a promise that's a bit of a tongue twister at the end but <laughs> essentially what he's saying is that hey God made a promise to Abraham that it'll sure. be your seed yeah. and now it's that seed is Jesus and but and in the context of the law he's saying hey like the law hasn't just been like completely discarded. Jesus fulfilled Yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he go on yeah, yeah. About Jesus being a curse, but that's the idea: is that well, it's all the promises in Jesus are fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, as part of that, we are the children of. Abraham remember sure. that song did you ever do that song okay, I, I grew like up in a secular in a household
0: way. I was too busy singing Spice Girls and Hanson <laughs> <laughs> to be singing Colin Buchanan and Veggie Tales uh, you
1: might <laughs> have heard the song Father Abraham has many sons, yeah. and many sons. only through the Simpsons yeah, yeah I wanna and so right um, <laughs> and that's essentially like yeah, that's it like to be yeah Part of that. That I am one of them, and so so are you. you. So let's all praise the Lord, right? Arm, left arm, foot, foot. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, Theology. That's so. Like with the um, who would have thought the Simpsons teaching theology uh, (laughs) and good theology. um, So with this idea. Um, do you think that this um, Abrahamic covenant that Mm. God gives to Abraham in Genesis of you will be a father of many nations, Mm. do you think that that could not just be extrapolated bloodline, you know, Mm. the nation of Israel, but then the people who will then be inherited under the banner of Israel
1: uh, through the new covenant? So what's interesting about the Old Testament is that what is an Israelite? So sure. w- when, when the Israelites leave Egypt, we're told they're Egyptians who are with them. Mm. Uh, Moses' wife. Yeah. She's a Midianite. And yeah. Because just um, his father-in-law is... He is a poor, yeah, Zipporah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. there's just these little kind of hints of like, ah, oh, that's like, what is an Israelite? And then there's even the book of Judges. Because the first judge, Othniel He's related to Caleb And Caleb's ancestry can be traced back to Esau He's like connected mm. But he's the most righteous of all the judges Ironically sure. where yeah. Each judge that's more like bloodline Israelite Yeah, yeah, yeah Rahab in Joshua She's yeah. saved And then Achan who's from the tribe of Judah He gets stoned There's this Yeah, and Paul talks about it Like you're a Jew if you obey the law and that's mm. uh, Romans And so yeah, even the Old Testament seems to be the the hints that's there that perhaps yeah, the yeah, yeah. Israelite isn't necessary. Cause even like the expression Hebrew, it seems to just mean crossing over like the river. Abraham's he's Babylonian, Mesopotamian, like that's where he's from, yeah. and then goes into Canaan. He's not a Canaanite by birth. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, even it yeah. seems to be this idea of faith that those because the Old Testament's not anti. The nations, yeah. The, the well, the Torah talks a lot about welcoming the foreigner and the yeah, you know, yeah, and all yeah. that. Like, yeah, the idea is, they become they follow the covenant, yeah. But it doesn't matter if you're born as a Canaanite or Adelaide yeah, or whatever. As long as you yeah, you come in and now you follow For Yahweh's sure. commands, you're you're one of us. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And well, it's even like the passage that uh, Bob was referring mm-hmm. to in Isaiah was like, I I came not just to save the nation of Israel mm-hmm. but to save all nations. Yeah. You know? yeah. And this idea that yeah it's an it's an expansive salvation that goes beyond mm. that people, so in all of that and it's interesting like I um, I don't think um, Bob touched on this and I wouldn't like mm. to you know assume or guess sort of what his theology is around this but he definitely was then focusing on this idea of unity, mm. this idea of community, this mm. idea of what it means. I I think he um, had this one really beautiful analogy they used of he referred to the Gregorian chants mm. of like. Yeah, I think the eighth century, maybe. Anyway, Pope Pope Gregory. And yeah, the Gregorian chants where they were all singing together in monotone. Mm. And then contrasted that to a beautiful harmony where you've got different notes that are all working together hum, harmoniously yeah, yeah. in unison. And this idea that um, similarly, the kingdom of God um, is people from all walks of life. I think mean, he, he said something which is called cool, people who smell different, sound different, speak different. This idea that really people who are so far outside of, you know, our... our you know, category um, coming together and living in harmony mm. and unison. Mm. So, I think one really interesting thing that he said it was actually a quote from Augustine. Uh, he said, In essentials, unity, in non essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Mm. What do you see as non essentials?
1: Non essentials. <laughs> wow, that, that's. Yeah, uh, because you know, uh, baptism was last week we reflected on. And it's, it reminded me a lot of my time at SNBC. Sure. Just that quote. The volume of water used for baptism. I think that's not essential, even in the Baptist church. Oh, you know how you lay. So when I was baptized, yeah. I was like, oh. Oh. For the listener home. I went backwards. Yeah. Ooh, so my head. Okay. So my my yeah. back of my head went under the water yep. first, and then water straight yep. the nose. Yeah, it's not. So, yeah. And then after I thought. oh I want to baptize, but I'm gonna do it the other way. So that the first photo of them coming up not them doing this, trying to blow water yeah, out of their yeah, nose. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Obviously, the husband of a photographer. I love it. <laughs> no, but yeah, it's it's not great. But, it's no, not great because that's everybody. Feeling. Yeah, they're holding. I remember yeah. that
1: one happened to me. When <laughs> water went straight. But like, I get the thing. Like, I'm trying because usually when you bury someone, you bury them on their back. You yeah. don't put someone face down, but that's not in the scripture, or you know, dear duck. So even that, I think that's a bit of a. A, yeah, non essential. Um, you know, probably what what does Revelation 20 mean? <laughs> That's probably sure. Do you want to expand on that? Oh, so like the, the churches that their basis of like employing or being a member is how you interpret Revelation, whether it's premillennial, amillennial, post millennial. Yeah. And... So we have
0: unpacked that a bit before, but did you yeah. want to just quickly unpack okay, those so three Okay, so Revelation
1: 20 um talks about the like the Revelation 19, there's this big fight and then Satan's like thrown away into hell basically mm-hmm. for, and bound for a thousand years and after that he's released and mm-hmm. so yeah, just a small bit of controversy about that and so yeah. some Christians believe pre that Jesus will reign pre, like during that pre-millennial time and then afterwards sure. the kingdom of God would come some sure. say that like Satan's a millennial, it's symbolic, so Satan's already been bound, mm-hmm. and it's happened, like, Jesus is one and sure. any, it's just a thousand years, it's not literal. That's why I should have said, pre like it's a thousand years, think it's a thousand years literally. A millennial's like, ah, oh, it's just symbolic. Yep. And then post-millennial, Caesar's like, ah, oh, well, it's kind of happened, and the world will just get better and better and better, and Jesus will just return so sure. yeah I, I think that's a bit of a yeah. non-essential it's yeah and then the classic joke is there's pan-millennial yeah, 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 so yeah, it'll all yeah. pan out <laughs> it'll just pan out so I think that's a non essential because I think building a doctrine and I read this somewhere on a couple of verses is not good practice like it's mentioned why I, I think that's that statement needs to be said again so okay the time. building um, basing a theology on a few verses is probably not good practice sure like 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 there's literally whole books dedicated to how you interpret Revelation twenty and yeah. the thousand years, and it's almost just it's literally it's almost a throwaway line. It's not the purpose of the book is to know. Yeah, is it a literal? That's or not symbolic, supposed to be the takeaway. No, how you interpret that one passage. <laughs> the, the takeaway is that yeah, the the beast, the dragon is empowering the beast, and there's these worldly empires ruling and reigning right now, mm-hmm. and Jesus. He is—he is the king of this world. You just don't see it right now because Babylon hasn't been taken over yet. Yeah, like New Jerusalem hasn't come down yet. Yeah, and it will one day. And so, if you're a Christian being persecuted, just keep on going because you're going to conquer. Yeah, if you're following the beast, well, watch out because yeah. this is what's going to happen. You'll be thrown away, cast away. You'll be destroyed completely. And so that—that's meant to be a takeaway, not. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a thousand years or not? And so that's another. Non-essential. Sure. Um, yeah, there'd be a lot of Christians who'd say even like, yeah, go back to baptism, baptizing babies or not. Like, yeah. Do you think uh, that like kind of
0: building on that revelation mm. sort of imagery, and I think tying back to Jews for Jesus, yeah, that idea of a new Israel, yeah. a new and new Jerusalem kind of coming down. Mm. Um, do you think that that would be a non-essential in the way that some people would interpret that differently, even?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, it's not as. Your salvation's not based on whether or not, like, how... We're yeah? no, right? oh, no, talking, talking about baptism, yeah? No, I was talking about...
0: With, j- just with the, the new temple coming oh, down. Oh, right, 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 right. No, yeah. in mean, Revelation. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think that's a nice Because they're very difficult passages. Ezekiel yeah. 40 to 48. It's... It's pretty... Well, it ends in a really strange way with the river. Sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, like, if this is is this a literal river is it yeah i mean it would suggest if at the very
0: least that it's a supernatural river that is growing yeah (laughs) that you know is kind of yeah coming from under the temple and is sort of becoming an oasis for Mm. all types of you know the tree of um, life for one you know Um, and so
1: it's interesting like it seems to and my view of that it's ezekiel's way of describing something symbolic not a literal yeah. temple, because they think... never designed the temple that was built when they got back from exile after yeah. ezekiel saw that and even herod's temple didn't look anything like ezekiel's yeah if that was the blueprint for the next temple yeah yeah was, yeah yeah seems to be a symbol
0: i i kind of like the idea of um <clears throat> you know um i'm trying to think Let's say the Mona Lisa. I don't think it's the best example, because in my opinion, it's not the best painting. But if you had to describe the Mona Lisa mm. to someone who had been blind their entire life, yeah. like, how would you do that? Yeah. Like, how, like, how would you do that? Like, she has hair,
1: long right. hair, and they like, but and like, you can't describe the color because you don't know what the color is.
0: Sure. Or like, you know, like, there's so many yeah. analogies, you know, how would you explain, you know, like Beethoven's Fifth to somebody mm. who had been deaf their entire mm. life, you know? Um, I think that when we are given images of, you know, the end of days, of heaven, of hell, all these things, they are trying to explain, God is trying to reveal something to us that is so outside of our understanding, our um, frame and our our sort of um, network of context, you know. Mm -hmm. So obviously there has to be language, images, metaphors, which are, you know, quite confusing sometimes and quite outside of our usual frame of reference um yeah so it kind of creates like an interesting situation Mm. and i think that yeah that is like something which ultimately is probably going to lead to a bit of confusion uh when people take it too literally Mm. people take it too open-ended like there's there's sort of two extremes to go with it right you can take it way too literally Mm. Um, or you can take it way too open ended yeah. at the same time.
1: Yeah. Well, that's it. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> I have
0: my moments. <laughs> um, so there was another kind of moment, which I thought was really cool. And Bob was pointing towards, you know, like a, a Jewish sense of identity mm. is so deeply wrapped up in the community. So, you know, if. If you were the last Jew on earth, right, um, there are inevitable elements of your practice. You know, he even used the uh, example of the minion, the chorus of 10 men who some prayers cannot actually be prayed unless there's 10 people doing it together mm-hmm. and point towards this idea that community, unity. Is so deeply ingrained into the very essence of being Jewish and into all of these practices. uh He noted the use of the shofar, which is like a ram horn, which is blown, you know, at um a certain festival. I've forgotten which off the top of my head. But anyway, it's this idea of bring people yeah. up. Oh, do, do, uh, um, it's
1: it's used at Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement, yeah. Yom yeah, Kippur. Yom Kippur. Was, I don't know if that was the festival he said, but I know Yom Kippur. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sins are forgiven. Yes. The high priest has come out alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Community can live for another year.
0: So it's like this idea and he then used this idea of you know pretty much from the moment that or you know eight days in that a jewish boy is born being Mm. circumcised all the way to you know the inscription on his gravestone Mm. he knows that he's part of a community Mm. what do you think we can take out of that as people who are inheriting essentially a denomination of judaism yeah (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's one of the struggles i think we have in the Western world, at least, is we're so fiercely individualistic. Mm. Like, we, there's like, some people they don't even feel that close to their immediate family. They don't, totally. do I, like, for whatever reason, they're not close to their parents, they're not close to their siblings. And so there's automatically this mm. detachment from, yeah. And I wonder if, like, the last two years with lockdown has helped exacerbate that some more. But yeah, if, that'd be yeah, interesting. It's, but I, I see here, like, like in australia at least church is not about oh, i'm part of this community where we live breathe it's kind of oh yeah i rock up on a sunday if mm. i can make it sometimes <laughs> sure and I might join a small group and that's sort of sure yeah um and i think i can learn from that is like that was the communities that jesus was seeking to start and yeah it's it's overused by so many different Pastors, but yeah, I already acts, know what you're gonna. Yeah, Acts, acts Two, to. yeah, no, acts it's like, oh. But like that's, and I, was, I like to remind people, yeah, it's only for that verse. You keep reading on, the church disintegrated sure, quickly. Sure. That's like the answer to all that. Yeah, problems. like yeah. I think a lot of people just, oh, if we just do that, all work out. Anyway, but um, yeah. <laughs> Point is that that was kind of the ideal, is that you live in this community together, and yeah, Bob said something after the service, which I found interesting, mm. which yeah i just hadn't really s- struck me as that if a jew becomes christian they're forsaking everything they're say like basically just putting a middle finger to their ancestors wow like screw you mum and dad and grandpa and great-grandparents yeah. i'm gonna yeah. ignore my traditions and heritage it's just yeah. similar like to like a lot of world religions like um sure. islam buddhism yeah, yeah. and that re- I, it wasn't it wasn't judaism it was the an essay I had to do on Thai Buddhist for a mission subject, hmm. and a similar thing is that when Thai people became Christians, they were seen as like abandoning their families. And it was actually a huge inhibitor for a number of them accepting Christianity. Sure. They believed in Jesus. They go, "Oh no, this is true, but I can't because I'll have to abandon. Yeah. And so, one, and the essay was actually, it was around ancestor worship. How do you hmm. sort of get around? That because for them, like honoring your ancestors was a big part of it, and obviously, sure. we honoring your mother it, and father, is like yeah, problem, like, but... yeah, yeah, offering sacrifices to ancestors is idolatry, sure, and forbidden. So, there was this huge tension. For like, I can't remember my answer to it, but like, and I don't think there is an answer, like, yeah, but, yeah, but that's a tension that yeah. which we in the West we're so individualistic that, mm. yeah, okay, you might accept Jesus, your husband, spouse, parent. Brother might be like annoyed. Mm. Like I'm talking like a typical Aussie family. Like ah oh, okay, or most people okay, whatever works for you works for you. Just don't sort of shove it down my throat. Yeah, but for a lot of like cultures, like it's not just a matter of a choice of belief or not. It's a huge mm. decision, which makes Jesus' words more profound. Like pick up your cross follow after me. He doesn't. Luke fourteen twenty six. You gotta hate your father and mother. It's not yeah, literal hatred. It's this way of saying like the yeah. love for him must be greater. Yeah, That's you know, where that counting yeah. that cost comes and so that, that struck me a lot I hadn't really thought about that with a lot of the juice for Jesus ministry is that yeah for these for them to accept Jesus is this huge thing there. yeah and yeah can we replicate that community yeah, you'd like to think so but it, it is hard in Australia because our mm. even our society is set up not to be communal we don't have like a yeah. town square no like a lot of villages did you don't yeah I the, the closest to...
0: thing that is, act- like, because some older suburbs yeah. do, but they're not really used. Mm. Um, but really the thing that you have is the local shopping centre. Yeah. Like, that's in reality the place where I'm going to see people yeah. from church, outside <laughs> of mm. church, or people. That or a park. Yeah, You know, like, but it's oh. not comparable. No. You
1: know. Yeah, I think we, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's just a bit different. Christianity <laughs> just doesn't seem, I don't know, my experience, it's been not like, mm. I think particularly because I grew up, as a Baptist and so we're kind of like you're not born a Christian you sure even if you're in a Christian family you've got to make that decision so yeah 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 there's a lot we could learn about how we do community how we do life together how we share scriptures together how we do I do
0: I do have one interesting question which is way off point okay cool do you think maybe our houses are too nice?
1: (laughs) So yeah, like yeah, yeah. when I went to Hong Kong, oh, yeah,
0: okay. right? Um, people's homes, because you know houses are just so expensive, mm-hmm. it's not like an intentional choice yeah, that they're making, yeah. uh, are so small that really like it's a bed. Like you go mm-hmm. in there to sleep. Mm-hmm. and thereby you're not gonna host anyone at your place. Mm-hmm. and you're also not really gonna want to hang out there past mm-hmm. like sleeping, you know, maybe you know watching TV or reading a book or whatever for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, So what you saw, it was so weird, was, you know, I'd be walking around at like, you know, 10 o'clock at night and there's a bunch of old ladies under a bridge playing cards, drinking tea, like having the time of their lives. And they were not homeless or destitute or anything. They were just doing what they do, hanging out, having community together. And then they're like, they'd probably, I assume at some point, go, all right, now it's time for bed. And then they go home to their own little,
1: you know, houses. That's, That's a great insight. I hadn't really thought about that. 'Cause I suppose like if we think of the first century, Jewish homes are quite similar. They were yeah. Small yeah. one bedroom things, the whole Well, you know, in that parable which is um talks about prayer, you know, the guy comes in if well, one yeah, of he has on state, yeah, says, oh, you has a neighbour's at midnight up? or yeah Yeah, like that's the invocation. It's like, Oh, we're all here like in the same bedroom. Yeah. Yeah, you gonna wake uh, up everyone. everyone. Yeah. Yeah, completely off topic. Do you remember that article that came out about a few years back about how other cultures like deal with like babies and sleeping no yeah it was really interesting like because a lot of like traditional like african cultures were horrified that in the west babies sleep in separate rooms they go what are you, what are you? Why are you abusing your child yeah basically it's yeah, like yeah, the like, yeah. kids should sleep in the bed with parents like yeah. for them that was well, we we're like "No, nah, get them independent get them in their own room yeah fascinating. so just fascinating. just interesting ways of perceiving like yeah there. Another, uh, i don't know uh, i'm full, full of tangents no, no, there's this no, really no, it's interesting good. movie um I've totally forgotten its name. It's got Aquafina in it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, good, it's, it's not Crazy Rich Asians. No, it's not Crazy Rich Asians. It's the, the one the movie that it's... I think it's, it's It's not it's Jumanji 2. <laughs> nah, it's like The Good Lie or something. Um, yeah, I have seen the ad for it. Yeah, it's quite good. It's one... So she is uh, Ch- obviously Chinese, Aqu- Aquafina, if you know. It. Is it Aquafina or yeah. Aquafina? Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. saying it right. So she plays the granddaughter of... Uh, um, and her grandmother is dying of cancer. And in China, they don't tell the, the grandparent who's dying of cancer mm. that they've got it because they go, if they know, then they'll just die. And so it's based on kind of a true story. And apparently at the end, the grandmother is still alive. like The all, the, the the lady who wrote it wrote based it on true events, and she's yeah, right. still alive. But there's one scene, because her and her family have been living in America for 20-something years, Sure, the uncle, he moved To Japan, and he just said, He goes, Oh, you're too Americanized, you're too individualistic in collective yeah. cultures. And that's why he says, We have to carry the burden for, for grandma, it's yeah, yeah, our responsibility yeah. to take this that She shouldn't. Wow, and because, uh, like, in like, uh, because the, the aquafina's character's gone, This is unethical, we have to tell her she has cancer, she's sort of yeah. coughing, she's out of breath, she just thinks oh. she's not getting over this cold, she needs to take more meds. Stuff. Sure, and the doctor she sees, He goes, Oh, we did the same with my grandmother, we didn't tell oh, wow. her. Uh, yeah, and so that, it just really struck me as the uncle that scene, he says, you know, you're too individualistic. Like It's our responsibility this We carry this burden, collectively, yeah. all of us. We have this sadness knowing she's going to die. Yeah. But she shouldn't know that. Yeah. It's called The but, Farewell. The farewell. I just IMD. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I, actually, I, I actually
1: haven't seen it, but that's really, really great. great. I'll no, check we, it out. Yeah, we. I was quite, um, yeah, yeah, you watch a movie, I was, uh, I don't know. I was a bit uh, skeptical, but I was really quite, like, moved. Yeah, in the movie, like, yeah. oh, that was it that was a good story like yeah, it wasn't yeah, yeah. Um, like a lot of movies now have too much sex or violence or language like it's none yeah. of that it was just quite it was just a lovely story and yeah. a great insight into how yeah like Chinese culture operates and mm. that collectivist. so that so, shame on our sort yeah. of you know paradigm a, closer yeah. to the biblical world than yeah. what we live in here
0: well, again, like that that paradigm of like shame on a culture, like putting family first, like that's still the paradigm that, you know, some sociologists purport about 80% of the world live under still today. Mm. Like we are the minority yes. being individualistic. Yeah. Like it's a very new thing. It's a very, um, yeah, un, uncommon thing in yeah. a global and historical kind of view. Mm. So I think like one thing I'd love to wrap up on before we finish mm. is... I I think one thing which really um, you mentioned um, the other day was in reality, Bob, for a bunch of reasons, let's forget the Mm -hmm. wealth of experience he's had evangelizing to Mm -hmm. Jews. Just as a Jew Mm. who has come to follow Christ, Bob is going to be so much more impactful sharing the gospel with somebody who is Jewish. Mm and doesn't know Christ because he's going to be able to speak to them in their language. You know, even as the apostle Paul says, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was a Jew, I was, you know, spoke like a Jew. Um, is there a value in us, even as people who aren't, you know, missionaries Mm. or don't have maybe, you know, something that we would consider the gift of evangelism Mm being considered about who our demographic is that God has laid on our heart. Because do you think that as we are more thoughtful, more intentional about how we can speak the gospel thoughtfully to that group of people, whether it's an age group an ethnicity, you know, uh, you know, a postcode, Mm. like who knows, whatever it is, we're going to be able to be more effective, Mm. more thoughtful. Um, and in that it's a two pronged question. Mm. Um, even if there isn't that specification, Do you think we need to be more intentional in how we almost translate, dare I say, the gospel Mm. to each person's unique
1: worldview? So answer part one, there is, when you have a natural rapport, it is a lot easier to bridge. Sure. Um, One of the things I found I could relate to in my time when I was at the school with the teenagers was someone that grew up in church and was got very disillusioned as a like a teenager mm. and sort of yeah did the prodigal son sort of thing sure I could speak into like kids like that because they yeah. felt like that they're like go to church each Sunday many of them two or three times depending on like yeah. particularly the island How of church <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. at a Christian school they are like I just hate it like they grew to despise the gospel mm. so I, I, I remember a few times like a lot of people resonated with someone so I go oh yeah like, and I was like, yeah, I get how you're feeling. So yeah. in some ways that, that was a lot easier than someone who, I guess, totally different culture, totally different worldview. Because mm-hmm. I could sort of understand where they were at. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a bit of a movement in mission circles now to do that, to have what's called national missionaries. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's not to say, like, certainly people go cross culture all the time, but yeah. there's a lot easier if you can speak the language, get the culture. it's yeah. a lot easier. There's yeah, like when Rach and I were praying about joining, I keep calling them global interaction. What are they call Baptist Mission Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll look at so it was 2014 when we sort of started the journey with them. I still had another two years of college. Then they go, oh, then you got to do another year with us, which was fine. Then you got to do two years language training. Like, we're looking at a long time before we even set foot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and whereas there's others who just spoke yeah. the language, they can kind of get that. And so, yeah, yeah that's so that's I see part one is, is that it is easier, obviously. Sure. Um, but then at the same time, too, God lays all the time. People feel cross culture. Yeah. I feel called to take the gospel, too. So I don't think there's necessarily, oh, this is the right way or this is, you know. Yeah. only go to people that are, you know, your, yeah, postcode, ethnicity, sure. age, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's how God calls you, but there is certainly a lot easier, but then, yeah, then God can call anyone anywhere. So, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then part two, I've totally forgotten what part two yeah. is. Yeah. It's um, like,
0: I suppose, like, what is, what is the value of oh, deeply understanding somebody's yeah, context? Yeah, yeah,
1: Oh, look, immensely, um. Obviously, it's the obvious answer. So, um, yeah, I guess like w- watching, uh, what was it called? The Farewell. That's the Farewell. Like yeah. that, like just gave an insight into yeah. like, something I never really thought yeah. about. Like, so say, oh, Rachel, let's go to China to do missionaries. Sure. <laughs> Having something like that, it's like, okay, like understanding how you think collectively it's yes, really that's important. Superb. Yeah. Than just sort of going in expecting, yeah. oh, we'll just, you know, just preach the gospel and yeah. hope for the best. There's, yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: And would it be that's... fair to say then, like, that just really, for me, underlines the importance of relationship. Mm. Like, if you're not out there in the community getting mm. to know people, getting to know how their heart, their mm. mind works, then really you're not going to be very effective in, in sharing the no. gospel. No.
1: It's like, um... it is a
0: good challenge for us that, you know... I, I mean, again, it's this idea of... um. I think, like, when people, like, go to be missionaries in another country, a lot of the time, like, the first few years I've heard are just getting to know the culture, getting Mm. to know people, building relationships, building rapport. Like, Mm. I think that that is something that is, I think, very easy to undervalue.
1: Oh, totally. Like, I
0: I think of evangelism so much, and it's just sort of those, like, um, you know todd phillips like moments on the street yes. just like touching people it's like boom you Boom, you saved. boom you're saved, boom, you're saved, boom, you're saved. Oh, but um and it can happen like that but i think there's also a great value in actually just being and and, and marinating reasons. in a culture in yeah. knowing people
1: well one of the things i have shared a few times my my view of the center is business as mission mm. and so we were Missionaries overseas, the chances are now you're going to go in as a business person, either mm-hmm. teaching English or whatever, or starting something from scratch. To That's kind of your you foot in. And like we have a several non Christian staff here. I've been here nearly 12 months. Sometimes I've had a few Jesus conversations. The bulk of my conversations is sharing life with them, yeah. building trust. Yeah. And we've got a couple of staff members who've gone through some pretty traumatic events. And like, just so, uh, like, over time, dug a little bit deeper. And I was like, that that couldn't happen from day one. It's yeah. time, and that can be, and guess too. What there's a theme with scripture of the righteous need to be patient. Like, Noah's in the ark for 40 yeah. days, I had to wait 150 days for the waters yeah. to subside. He Noah's up in the desert for 40 days. Yeah. Even Moses up in the Mount Sinai for 40 days. Yeah. There's a the Sonic that that there is patience yeah. and sure like god's spirit cool oh, people can be just yeah. saved but there's also times too to be mm. patient and mm. yeah i when i used to do a little bit of door knocking before going to bible college i just try to do as much ministry sure. in that year just to sort of see yeah. I fit and yeah i went out a bit and i realized kind of early on i was like this is really just a transaction like i'm just here i hear how to tell you about jesus are you interested nah most of the time people weren't interested. Sure. And look, like a co- few times I had some good conversations and did a couple of follow-up. And one person came to faith, but he was ready though. Like he, yeah. we were kind of like the... Yeah. But it wasn't... The, ha- the person who was ready yeah, to yeah. harvest yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, but yeah. And then when I started doing Islamic outreach, mm-hmm. I realised that the bulk of it was just building relationships. And particularly yeah. hanging out with the refugee guys. is like... I just... Because their culture is in Iran, you sit around for hours... That's why, it's, that's literally, some days I sat in these houses for six hours with these guys, wow. Wouldn't, and you're just like, "What am I doing? What a waste!" But then, yeah, over the months, that's where conversations opened mm. and like an opportunity to come like, "Oh, can I tell you a story about Jesus?" with This and then mm. from that, so mm. yeah, it's uh, I guess there's a yeah, yeah, it's it's not just a, a simple answer, but I I guess as Christians, mm. it's that, uh, and look, it isn't overused expression but being that salt and light yeah and yeah not all of us have the gift of evangelism but all of us are ambassadors of Jesus yeah wherever it's good. we are That's good. so you know if you're in the workplace remember those old braces what would Jesus do yeah like that's that's actually a pretty good philosophy for life it's going yeah. okay let's act in a Christ like manner and, yeah, sure. and especially now where I was reading last night because of the fallout from um the, the um Census. There's a lot more articles now about religion, and I read one. A guy my age, he's thirty-five. He's just like, yeah, I grew up in the church, but I want nothing to do with it. I just saw it as hypocritical. Yeah, there's so many people out there, I think, who just as Christians now, we have even more responsibility to Mm. be the ambassadors of Mm. Jesus. Um, When Jesus called the disciples, Jesus says, "All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me." And he's sort of riffing off Cyrus at the end of Chronicles. Because mm. Cyrus says, hey, all authority has been given to me. I'm going to send you Jews back to your land. And mm. Jesus says, hey, no, no, I have authority mm. on earth. It's that riffing off Cyrus, riffing off King Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm sending you out. And if a king sends you out, you're going as mm. yeah, an ambassador, a royal mm. emissary. And mm. so that's who we are, is mm. Jesus' royal hands and feet so to speak Mm. and so how we live that way that's very important i love that i love that Mm. and yeah i I just love what you had to
0: say about patience i think it's such a undervalued um yeah just quality Mm. in our day and age in like you know immediate gratification so much of the time that even like jesus disciples like kind of still didn't fully get it after Mm. three years Mm. it's like well if jesus disciples like weren't fully baked after three years you know, uh yeah, maybe should take take a little bit of pressure yeah. off that
1: need to you know um, he just and you look, you never know. Um I remember there was one guy, Ali, I think for every second Iranian Muslim <laughs> was called Ali, but this guy Ali do you remember have you seen Iron Man One? Ah, uh, yes. Do you I'm remember the guy, remember the guy in the cave? Oh, he helps yeah. Simon, Man He looked exactly like him. Reminded okay. him. Really gentle, really lovely man. Had two, at that stage, they were, they're were they now teenagers, but two young boys and a wife left in Iran. And he was Shia. So he was, cause, yep. I think he was Shia. Anyway, he's fleeing the Ayatollah and trying to build this life. And he was a doctor back in Iran and working in a factory and... And he worked in Croydon or Croydon Park, one of the two. And we'd meet at the Croydon Station because I was at SNBC sure. like once a week or something, and just sort of have a conversation, have a coffee together before he got the train back home. Yeah, and yeah, I'd spend time every now and then just share a story because he loved. He was very very devout Muslim. Would pray, yeah. and so but loved learning about Jesus. So sure. I'd share stories, and he'd share some about Jesus from the Quran. And yeah, know. and then I, I lost contact with him, and he messaged me about three years ago. And he goes, "Oh, Mitch, I moved back to Iran. I'm a Christian now. Whoa. Can you send me a Bible?" So I just found a PDF of the New Testament in Persian and just sent that yeah. to him because I just was—I oh, don't know what, yeah, what he needs. And so I don't hear from him too often. But that was like that was a pretty big thing. I was like, "Well, just this guy I used to meet, and then Los- you just don't know what seeds God." is planting so that's to encourage you yeah you might just you might not see the end results but yeah god is working and using us so yeah yeah so good so good
0: well yeah look thank you for the chat and uh thank Thank you you. bob if you are listening (laughs) thank you for the
1: for the word on sunday uh it's it's over to me this sunday (laughs) yeah yeah murray what's what's the the, uh, i guess the sneak peek for sunday
0: um I suppose that the sermon is going to be titled, I think, spiritually hangry, (laughs) spiritually hangry. The last of
1: our preachers preacher's pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So um, about what it looks like to be spiritually hangry and how we can avoid that. And yeah, so looking at the the John 6 bread of life, Jesus being the bread of life. So, yeah, should be fun. Going to jump back to Exodus for a little bit. Going to jump around maybe even in numbers to explore the theme of grumbling. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, kind of uh, explore what it means to really be filled with jesus as mm. a bread of life so yeah that's that's sounds a little good, sneak yeah. thing yeah it should be tasty <laughs>
1: <laughs> bring you a spiritual appetite yeah we should have had communion this week you know me eat have. my flesh and drink my blood you kind no, of no reason we can't bitch no <laughs> yeah, reason okay. we can't you know an acted parable and that's it that's it you know i
0: would say may, may, maybe yeah. i do do that that's a good good idea so yeah no but that should be yeah. hopefully good so <laughs> look forward to it awesome. Well, well, thank you. No, thank you. Man. Thank
1: you, dear listener yeah. at home or if you're in a your car or working out, whatever yeah. you're doing. Paragliding, whatever you're doing today. <laughs> Scaling a volcano. <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed. Yeah. Right. Thanks, See guys. Then. Thanks, Mitch.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to help others discover this channel. Check out the description if you want to find out more or get in touch with us at the center Dural. But in the meantime, praying for God's hand over you as you continue to step into everything Jesus has in store for your life. Be blessed.